0: Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here's Pastor Ramirez. Man, our series is Complete in Christ, Complete in Christ. Uh, And this morning, I want to talk about uh, the complete Christian The title of this lesson is The Complete Christian. And it's taken from Colossians chapter two, verse seven. The complete Christian. Uh, A complete Christian is what I would call a well-rounded Christian. All right. Not a a perfect Christian, because we're all sinners saved by God's grace. But a Christian that is well-rounded. a Christian that is complete in Christ. Because that's the subject here of this passage, being complete in Christ. And I think in verse 7 we find a, a good picture of what I would call a complete Christian. So this morning, I'm going to get right to it because i got four points. Four points. And I want us to see this morning what a complete Christian is. What a complete Christian is. And so this morning the first one is... I believe a complete Christian is a grounded Christian. Let's look here at verse 7 of chapter 2. He says, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Uh, First and foremost, a complete Christian is one who is grounded in Christ. You know the word word rooted there? uh, It means to root. Kind of like tree roots in the ground. Uh, to root down and to have your, your tree roots in the ground. Uh, have you ever had to dig up a, a root or a stump? Uh, I've had to do that before. You know, I actually I had the choice once to either grind it up or dig it up. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to dig it up. I can save me some money and dig it up. But when I was done, I spent a lot more time digging it up. And I had a, a hole about three foot deep and I had to go find dirt to fill it up. Uh, because the root system went a lot further down than I thought it was going to. Uh and so it was a deep root system. And that's the what we're talking about here, being rooted in Christ. Being grounded in Christ. You know that word rooted as far as our verse here, verse seven, he says, rooted and built up. Uh, rooted is it's in its past tense. Okay? Uh in other words, something that had previously taken place or occurred, something that was finished. In other words, Paul's saying you're already rooted in Christ. That's already been done for you. Now, he's talking to believers here. He said you're already rooted in Christ. Now, to be rooted in Christ means that you have received Christ as your Savior. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. You may have this memorized. It's uh, considered one of the most popular verses in the Bible. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world uh, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish Uh, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You know the difference between someone who is lost and someone who is saved is not sin. We're all sinners. We're all sinners. We're all condemned. The difference is Jesus Christ's forgiveness. That's the difference. And that's what we find here. You see, Jesus didn't come in the world to condemn the world. That word condemned means to pass judgment or bring judgment upon. Because we're already condemned, each and every one of us. We're already sinners. We need forgiveness. We need God. And that's why Christ was sent in the world to provide salvation to sinners. And that's what we have in this passage here. Christ providing salvation. And what we find is... To be rooted in Christ, you must be in Christ. You must be saved. Uh, The thought being here, you can't be a Christian without Christ. Not a true Christian. It can't happen. You have to have Christ if you're going to be a Christian. And let me give you three thoughts on salvation. First, you must be saved from something. If you're going to be saved, you have to be saved from something. You know, if you have someone who's out, maybe walking, they fall into a pit, they need help. They need to be saved from their Situation. Well, someone who's lost in sin has to be saved from their sin, their sin, and that sin has separated a sinner from God, and that's what you need to be saved from. Also, because of your sin, the Bible tells us in Romans six twenty three, "For the wages of sin is death." Because of sin, there's that death awaiting, not only physical but eternal. Separation from God. And so you have to be saved from that condition and that situation. And that leads me to my second thought is you must be saved to something. You know, go back to our illustration. Someone fell in a pit or a hole and someone is there to, to rescue them. They're going to save them out of the pit but they're going to save them by bringing them onto safe ground. You see, if you're going to be saved, not only do you have to be saved from something, but you've got to be saved to something. And that something that God saves us to is First, forgiveness. Forgiveness of your sin. Now remember, your sin is real. Your sin is there. It's not overlooked. It's not ignored. You're forgiven because the price has been paid. And you've accepted the paid price, which is Jesus Christ. You've accepted his work on the cross of Calvary. And so you're saved. You're saved from your sin. But you're also saved to eternal life. Isn't that wonderful thought to know that we have a life awaiting us? A life with God forever. That's what you're saved to. Eternal life. And then here's my final thought on salvation. You have to be saved by something or someone. You know, if you're in a pit and you need help, someone's going to have to come along to either drop a rope down there, a ladder, or something to help get you out. Well, as far as our salvation from sin, we need help because we can't save ourselves. We're we're sinners. If we could save ourselves, we wouldn't have sinned to begin with. And the other thought is nobody else can save you either because they're in the same situation you're in. So we need a sinless person to save us. That takes us to Jesus Christ, His sinless life, and then His work on the cross. And that's where salvation is. You know, this morning salvation is really simple. It's understanding you're a sinner, understanding you need to be saved, and then applying that. In other words, understanding it, And receiving Christ as your personal Savior. Repenting and believing on Jesus Christ. Repentance is just a change of mind. And receiving Christ as your Savior. That's done in your heart. And that's done between you and the Lord when you receive Christ as your Savior. So this morning, to be saved, just receive Christ as your Savior. Talk to Him. Ask Him. Repent of your sin and receive Him as your Savior in your heart. And that's where salvation comes. It's not from being in church here this morning, listening to a message, knowing someone who's saved, but actually... Repenting and believing yourself. So I hope, and pray everyone here is saved, because that's where it begins. If you don't have a root system in place, then you're, you have nothing. It's going to fall apart. And and basically the rest of this passage, the rest of this message kind of builds upon that. So that needs to be addressed first. So make sure you're saved. And once you're saved, you have what I would call a not only are you rooted in Christ, but you now have what we would call nourishment. Uh, turn with me if you would to John chapter 15. Uh, in John chapter 15, we have Jesus Christ here, uh, his teachings, his words, talking about the work he does in the life of believers. Here it says, John chapter 15, verse 1 says, And this is Jesus speaking, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, and no more can ye, except ye abide in me. You see, Christ is the one who nourishes the Christian, the believer. Uh, No different than, you know, roots from a tree or a bush. They get their nourishment from the soil and whatever you might put into that soil and that ground provides the nourishment the water and, and other nourishment that it needs so that it can grow well you know Christians are nourished in Christ nourished in Christ uh how first up his presence in your life his presence in your life provides strength and then his power you know, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's power. That's the power of Christ he's referring to. And then as far as understanding, you realize Jesus Christ can relate to you? He walked this earth. He suffered. Uh, let me give you one example. If you ever feel alone, if you ever feel like you're alone, he can relate. What happened when he was betrayed? They all left him. Everyone. So he understands what it's like to be alone. He can relate to our problems and our concerns. We have a savior who understands. And see, that's nourishment. We, we can go to someone who, who says, I know what, I know what you're going through. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to face ridicule. I know what it's like to have difficult days. Because he dealt with those things. So we have a savior who can understand. We also have a savior who provides comfort. And we have a Savior who is working today in heaven on your behalf, if you're saved. Your behalf. He's your mediator, is what it's called. You have someone who goes before God for you, who intercedes. That's why you can go to God the Father in prayer. It's because of Jesus Christ. Because He intercedes in your behalf. And so you can go to Christ. So what we have here is we have what I would call... Nourishment. We are rooted and we have everything that's needed for us to live. So you can have strength to live today because of Jesus Christ. You know what you can also have? You can have power to overcome temptation and sin. You have power to do that because of Jesus Christ. If you rely upon Him and you walk with Him and you turn to Him when you are tempted and you trust Him and His Word, then you can overcome those temptations. Uh, For example, have you ever had those temptations where you just wanted to respond to somebody? And you know, you just want to let them have it. And, and inside you know, you know, I shouldn't be saying that. You see, that's the Holy Spirit probably working in your heart. Now you have the choice then. You can decide to go ahead and do it and just let them have it. Or you can slow down and say, Lord, what would you have me to say? You see, that's how God works in our heart. The Holy Spirit was sent by Christ to guide us and direct us. And see, Christ nourishes us. He gives us that ability. It's all in Christ. He also gives us power to deal with troubles and with trials. So here's my thought here. You don't need the world to be complete. You have Christ. And you can be complete in Him here this morning. Here's my second one this morning. The second thought is growing in grace. Growing in grace. A complete Christian is a Christian who is growing. Now, the word we find in the scriptures here is really building, but that's the same thought here, to have gain, to have growth. Notice it says here in verse 7, we're going to go right uh, on this passage, continue. He says, rooted, and this is, and built up, built up in him. Built up in him. Uh, You'll notice this is in what we call the present tense. The present tense. Uh, Meaning it's an active and continuous process, a building, built up. You know, as far as Christians are concerned, once you're saved, we're to grow in God. And we're to build our lives on the Lord. What this, uh, I guess you say phrase here, implies, it implies growth and gain. You know, as Christians, our our life is to be active for God. It's not to be a passive life. Uh, It's not to be a life of, well, whatever happens, happens. No, it's a life of faith, of trusting God and growing closer to Him, a relationship that you have that you can grow uh, stronger in. So I do believe the Christian is to be building and is to be growing. Now, for a verse that really focuses on this, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Because in this passage, we have the Apostle Paul really getting into a little bit more detail on what we would call the growth process or the building process as far as the life of a Christian. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And he tells us here in verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Uh, If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You know, uh, it's believed that this is referencing what we would call the time a Christian stands before Christ. You know, some would call it the judgment seat of Christ. You know, once you're saved, your sins are forgiven. I, I want to just keep reminding you of that. You're forgiven. You're pardoned once you're saved. And that means you're not going to stand before God as being a God who's going to punish you and send you away. Uh, that's for the unforgiven. That, that's what we find as far as judgment. You know, as far as a believer, you to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God. But we're going to give an account of our life as we find here, how we lived how we built upon the foundation that we had, which is Jesus Christ. You know, you have the same foundation I have as far as our life, and that's Christ, if you're saved. And that foundation is Christ. You can have no better foundation than Jesus Christ. And that foundation is a foundation that you can build upon. And let me give you a few thoughts here from this passage we just read in 1 Corinthians. Notice. Uh, there's a difference in building materials in this passage. You have uh, some materials that will last. Gold, silver, and precious stones. Those are, those are materials that will last. Uh, by the way, some of the gold that they found thousands of years ago is still the same gold we use today. Those are materials that are lasting. Uh, and then you have materials that are going to, uh, I guess you just put it this way, they're not going to last. It says here... Uh, wood, hay, and stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble. Those are materials that, you know, you put a fire to, whew, they're gone. You know, you, those who burn, burn piles or bonfires, uh, that's what you use. You don't throw gold and silver out there, it's not gonna burn. Uh, you wanna put it, you wanna put it there anyway, but, uh, you put your wood, hay, and stubble, and that's what burns. And that's the second group of materials, uh, that we find here. In other words, he says your work's gonna be put to a test. How you lived is going to be put to a test. And he talks about it being made manifest. In other words, it's going to be known. You can't hide anything from Christ. And that which withstands a fire is going to be worthy of reward. That which does not withstand a fire is going to be burned up and gone. But let me point something out to you. Let me just make this clear here. Notice at the end of verse 15 he says, But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. So salvation is not the subject here. Let me just point that out to you. We're not going to stand there and 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 Christ say, Okay, let me make sure you're saved. No, that's already settled. You're already rooted in Christ. What we're talking about here is your life before God and the accountability of your life. You know, that's the problem today. A lot of people just don't think about accountability before God. That's why they do what they do. That's why they could care less. That's why they go and and we see some of the conduct we see in our world today is because many people don't believe they're going to stand before God and give an account. Yet the Bible tells us that we will. Each and every one of us will stand before God. Now, when you start thinking on that, that gets a little bit more sobering. You begin to think, you know what, I better think about what I'm going to do and say because... God's paying attention to. Not just my friend or my family members, but God is paying attention to my life. And so we find here that God's going to hold us accountable for how we live. Now, here's a few thoughts on this uh, as far as the, the, what we find in this passage here. We're going to be accountable with what we've been given. Okay. First off, if you're saved here this morning, which I pray everyone is, that's, that's first and foremost, make sure you're saved. But once you're saved, you know you're going to be accountable for the new life you've been given. The new life. How did you live your life for Christ? God's blessed you with a new life. What would you do with it? See, that's that's what we're going to be accountable for. How we lived our new life for Christ. You know something else I think we're going to be accountable for? Is our talents. Our talents. You know, we find parables on this. Uh, Whether they're natural talents. Natural talents are those that you don't have to really do anything for. You just have it. I tell people I like to sing. You may not want to hear me sing, but I like to sing. Some people like to sing, and you know what? I enjoy listening to them sing because they have the ability to sing. That's a gift. That's a talent that God's given you. Uh, I know some people that, I mean, you know what? You could put numbers in front of me. Man, I get confused. Some people, can. they have numbers there, and they can figure things out like that. It's just natural. You see, we all have our gifts and talents that God's given us. The question is, how are we using those for God? Or are we using those for God's glory? See, we're going to be held accountable for the gifts that God's given us, the talents that we have. You know, there's some people in this world, without a doubt, I believe, are talented and gifted. But unfortunately, they're using those gifts for selfish reasons, personal reasons, personal gain. Let's make sure we're using our talents for God's glory as well. How about your time? Here's another one. Uh, Say, Pastor, you're meddling now. Well, I guess I can do that for a little bit. How about your time? You know, each of us has 24 hours a day. That's it. There are some days I wish I had more. Because i got a lot of things I'd like to get done. There are some days I wish I had less. Because I just wanted to get the day over with. But we're all given 24 hours a day. And what we do with that is important. How do you use your time? Do you spend time with God? Do you spend time glorifying God? Do you use your time for God's glory and honor? And that's not saying you can't go to work. Because obviously you have bills to pay you got things to do. God doesn't want us to neglect our family or our responsibilities, but He wants us to glorify Him in the process and use those for His glory. Look for opportunities to glorify God where you work and in what you do. So our time will be accountable for. Basically, all of our our life, our daily decisions, our actions, everything that determines how we live is what we're given account of. Now let me give you a few thoughts real quick on closing it before I finish this point here. Building. You know, building takes time. Building takes time. And building is what I would call a continuous process. Now, there are some buildings, I've driven by some buildings where I thought, man, that's been going on for I don't know how long. Or some road construction. There's road construction, I think, it has been going on since I moved to Arkansas. Still going on, same place. Maybe not, but that's how I feel. And then there are some things where I've driven by some neighbors, I thought, wow. I thought I was here last week. There's like five new buildings here. It just came out of nowhere. Sometimes building goes slow. Sometimes it goes fast. You know, that's the same way in life. There are going to be some days where it just seems like, man, you're growing in the Lord and everything's just going to get... And then there's going to be some days where it's just going to be slow. But the thought is, it's continuous. Don't quit. Don't give up on those days. You just be faithful to God and grow. And when you think about growing, you grow when you pray. You realize that? You grow in God when you pray. You grow in the Lord when you read His Bible. Or when you listen to a message. Or when you listen, read a book that's a a good book. You grow in God. You can grow in God's grace. You know, you can grow when you carry out your responsibilities. Whatever they may be. You're faithful where you are. You can grow. You see, we grow in God as we live, and as we go forward, we grow in the Lord. So this morning, you need to build, and you need to grow if you're going to be a complete Christian. Here's my third thought here this morning, and that is great faith. It says here, let's go back to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, notice it says in verse 7, "...rooted and built up in Him." And then he says, "...established in the faith." "...established in the faith." Alright, established in the faith. That word established means to be set and firm. To make stable and to fix firmly. I want to point out this is also in the present tense here in our passage. Meaning that it implies something that is happening. Something that is continuous. Something that is taking place. Kind of like building our faith should be a daily practice. You know, The Bible tells us, Hebrews 10.38, the just shall live by faith. Now we have saving faith. When we accept Christ as our Savior, it's by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. So salvation is by grace and through faith. And I believe it's a one-time deal. In other words, you don't have to wake up tomorrow morning and say, Well, you know, i got to be saved again. No, if you put your faith in God and Christ, you're saved. You'll be as saved tomorrow as you are today. It's settled. God is settled. It's not our work. It's Christ's work that provides the salvation. His work on the cross, His forgiveness. And because His work is perfect, that's salvation is settled. So you're saved. But your spiritual growth, your faith is something that progresses. You know, there can be some days where your faith is strong. Where you're just trusting God. And you're walking with Him. And then, believe me, there can be days where your faith is just shaken where you can wonder what's going on god are you hearing my prayers god is uh, this what you want me to do god i didn't see this coming you see there can be days where our faith is shaken and so that's what this is talking about not saving faith is talking about faith as we go forward and we're trusting in god on a daily basis and we need to live by faith every single day our faith needs to be established set and firm let me give you some thoughts on this here Notice what they were to put their faith in. It says in verse 7, Establish in the faith as ye have been taught, as they had been taught. In other words, Paul's writing here, have you ever used that phrase? Oh, they knew better, or they should have known better. You know, I've, my parents used to say that. I think my dad, now I find myself saying that. I say, oh, you know, he, he should have known better. That's kind of like Paul's saying. Paul's saying, you know, you've been taught. You know what faith is. You know how to live. Now you just got to make sure you practice it. And that's the challenge here. You know, most Christians are like that. I think most Christians, we understand what faith is. We understand we need to live by faith. But then sometimes we just need to be challenged again and reminded that, hey, let's do this every single day. And let's put our faith in the Lord. So what we find here is Paul's encouraging them to continue trusting in God just as they had been taught. Here's some problems, though. How many of you have distractions in life? Yeah. Life is filled with distractions. Now, I'm not talking sin necessarily. I'm just talking distractions. You know, there are a lot of distractions that can hinder our faith. I'll give you one. How about discouragement? We can be discouraged in our faith. I watch the news sometimes and I get discouraged. Not that I'm discouraged as far as my faith in Christ, as much as I'm just discouraged in what I see. And that can hinder your faith. Because sometimes you can say, "Wow, well, what's going on in this world? How come people are acting this way? Now, we know what's happening, but it can discourage our faith. Uh, another hindrance is, is, you know, we can be misdirected in our faith. Misdirected. That's why I want to encourage you, even as your pastor, you test everything I say with the Word of God. Everything. Because we don't want to be misdirected. We want to make sure that we are in the Word and reading the Word of God. And as a pastor, that's something I, I want people to do. I want you to read the Word and know the Word because we don't want to be misdirected. You know, there's nothing worse than being misdirected and, and waking up someday and realizing, oh, wow, I followed someone who was wrong. Or I listened to something that now I realize i got to forget all this and get back to the truth. Misdirection, that, that can hinder our faith if we fall under a false teacher or someone who is discouraging. And by the way, we can all be influenced by others. Be careful who you listen to. Choose your friends wisely. Because we can be influenced by those we're around. We can have good influences or we can have poor influences. Let's make sure we have some good influences in our life. And we're encouraging or being encouraged by others. Uh, here's some other thoughts here as far as establishing the faith. If you're going to be established in the faith, you have to know God's word. You've got to know what God's teaching. Okay? Uh, That's how you establish yourself. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing. Hearing what? The word of God. See, that's where our faith is built. You know what this tells us? And this is what we really have to understand. We're not talking about just a blind faith or a general faith. You know the word faith is a general word? It It simply means to trust. It means to trust. You put your trust in someone or in something. You know you all acted by faith this morning, each and every one of you. You're acting by faith right now. You're trusting whoever built that pew several years ago did a good job and it's going to hold you while you're sitting there, right? That's faith. You're trusting. Uh, If you drove here this morning, you trusted that whoever was coming the other way was going to stay in their lane. That's faith. That's faith. Now, if you rode with somebody, you trusted that whoever drove is going to stay in their lane too, right? Some of you may have acted really by faith this morning. I don't know. But, uh, that's what faith is. It's just a, it means to trust. So if we bring it to the Bible, God's saying, trust me is what God's saying. Trust me. You trust other people. You trust government sometimes. You trust your employer. How about you trust me? That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to trust Him and have our faith Established or set on Him. Even when we don't know the answer, even when we don't know how He's going to work things out, or we don't see the end from the beginning, He wants us to trust Him and put our faith in Him. And, so, and that's what faith is. It's trusting the Lord. And so to live by faith, you've got to know the Word of God. And then second, to live by faith, you've got to just apply that Word of God to your life. So, this is something, I said it's in the present tense. This is something that's going to happen the rest of your life. Read the Bible and apply it the rest of your life. Just study it. Get to know it and live by it. And make sure you're in God's Word. Make sure that your life is aligning to the Word of God. Because that's God's Word. We want to make sure that we're lined up with His Word. And that's how we are established in the faith. And that we live for God. So this morning, you just need to be in God's Word. And living by it to be a complete Christian. Here's my last thought here. Let's go to our... Verse here, our final thought here, chapter 2. And we see here in verse 7, rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you've been taught, and then finally, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now we have thanksgiving coming up in a few months, or actually next month. It's coming up soon. Next month is thanksgiving. Well, I'm going to tell you this morning, you don't have to wait to that Thursday, the day of thanksgiving, to give thanks. You can give thanks today. And you should be grateful for what God has given you. And that's what we find as far as being a complete Christian. A complete Christian is one who is grateful to God. Grateful to God. That word abounding, uh, it means to superabound, it means to overflow or to be in excess. That's the kind of thanksgiving we should have to God. In excess. Thank God immediately when you're blessed. Uh, I know if I don't thank God immediately, sometimes I... I get busy and I forget. It's best to thank God immediately. If you've been blessed, you've been praying about something and God gives you the answer, man, just thank Him right then and there. Thank you, Lord, for this. Or if you are at school and there's been a blessing given to you, maybe class is canceled, I don't know. Hey, amen. Thank you, Lord. I gotta have a little more time. I can. I know you all study if you're in school, right? Yeah, have more time to study or whatever else you're doing. Or you're at work and someone comes along and Ends up taking some of the, your, your workload off you for the day. Or says, hey, you know what? Uh, you can take half day off. Whatever the blessing is, if God has given you a blessing, thank Him immediately for it. Just thank God for the blessing He's, he's just given you. You know, the complete Christian is grateful. And I'll give you three reasons why. First, I believe a, a Christian who is walking with God, first off, knows that God is good. A Christian knows that God is good. You know, the Bible tells us in Matthew 5, verse 45... When talking about the world and the enemies of Christians it says referring to God it says he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. You know it rained here last night. But as far as I know it didn't rain just on Christians' yards and their homes. It rained all over the area. You see when God God is good. The sun rises up and it's on the whole world. You see, God is good. He's a good God. He doesn't have to be that way, but He is. He's a good God. And then the second reason why I think Christians give, are thankful or should be thankful is because they know that God is what we call gracious. He's a gracious God. You see, grace, that means you receive something you don't deserve. That's what grace is. Salvation. God has saved us. We don't deserve to be saved. Nobody deserves to be saved. We're all sinners. If we got what we deserved, each and every one of us would be separated from God forever. But God, by His grace, has reached down and said, I'll save you. Here's the way. Through my son, Jesus Christ. You see, that's God's grace. And a Christian who is walking with God understands that God is gracious. And not just in salvation, but in many other ways, God is good to us and and shows his grace upon us. And then finally, the the third one, I think a Christian who is walking with God knows that God is great. Right? God is great. There are some times I look back at my life and I realize... Wow, God moved in a way I didn't see him moving. God worked in a way I did not realize that he was working. God brought me here. God took me there. God provided. You see, God is a great God. He's a great God that answers prayer. He's a great God that hears us, that is there for us. And a Christian who's walking with God, I believe, realizes and understands that God is great. And because he's great, we are grateful. We are grateful. You know, there are discontent people in this world. And you know why they're discontent? Because they're focusing on their problems. That's why they're discontent. They're focusing on their problems. Then there are what we call contentious people in the world. You know why they're contentious and ornery? Because they're focusing on other people's problems. And then you have, I believe, a complete Christian who's focusing on God. And not the problems that they're running into or the problems of others. But their focus is on the Lord. Oh yeah, we got to deal with trials and troubles. And we got to deal with those things. But we're keeping our eyes on God. And when you keep your eyes on God, then you're grateful for what God's given you. You know, I have found in my life, it's hard to complain about someone and then talk to God in prayer and be grateful. It's hard to do that because our focus, we got to focus on God. And when we focus on the Lord, then we become grateful. So the more you look to God, I believe the more grateful you're going to be. Let me wrap this up here this morning. The complete Christian is a grounded, is grounded in Christ, grounded in Christ. That's where it begins. Make sure you're saved because that's where it starts. You have to have your roots in Christ. If not, truthfully, if not, the rest of the message doesn't matter. All right, You have to be right with God and you have to be saved. So make sure you're saved here this morning. I encourage each of you to examine your heart and make sure you know Christ as your Savior. But then secondly, a complete Christian is growing in God's grace. In other words, you're growing every single day through the Bible, through prayer, through just obedience and walking with God. Uh, thirdly, a complete Christian is living by faith, great faith, just trusting God, trusting God on a daily basis. And then finally, a complete Christian is grateful to God. Grateful to God for the blessings that God has given. You know, in closing, the illustration, I'll give you the biblical illustration on this. And that's Daniel. Daniel, when he he was deceived and betrayed by those he worked with and set up to be cast into the lion's den, the Bible tells us that he went and prayed. And in that prayer, he prayed a prayer of thanksgiving. He had something to be thankful for. You know, this morning, I think you have something to be grateful for. If you belong to God... Because God is great. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.